Chapter Sixteen of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Sixteen. Continued misbehavior of the Egyptian woman. By the following Monday it was known in many looms that something sat heavily on the eyed-licked minister's mind. On the previous day he had preached his second sermon of warning to susceptible young men, and his first mention of the word woman had blown even the sleepy heads upright. Now he had salt fish for breakfast, and on clearing the table Jean noticed that his knife and fork were uncrossed. He was observed walking into a gooseberry bush by Sussy Lynn, who possessed the pioneer spring bed of thrums and always knew when her man jumped into it by suddenly finding herself shot to the ceiling lunan the tinsmith and two women who had the luck to be in the street at the time saw him stopping at dr mcqueen's door as if about to knock and then turning smartly away his hat blew off in the school wind or a wind wanders ever looking for hats and he chased it so passionately that lang tammas went into allardyce's smithy to say I didna like it. Of course he couldna afford to lose his hat, but he should hae run after it mere reverently. Gavin indeed was troubled. He had avoided speaking of the Egyptian to his mother. He had gone to McQueen's house to ask the doctor to accompany him to the Kimes. But with the knocker in his hand he changed his mind, and now he was at the place of meeting alone. It was a day of thaw nothing to be heard from a distance, but the swish of curling stones through water on Rashi Bog where the match for the eldership was going on around him gavin saw only dejected firs with drops of water falling listlessly from them clods of snow and grass that rustled as if animals were crawling through it all the roads were slack i suppose no young man to whom society has not become a cheap thing can be in gavin's position awaiting the coming of an attractive girl without giving thought to what he should say to her when in the pulpit or visiting the sick words came in a rush to the little minister but he had to set his teeth to determine what to say to the egyptian this was because he had not yet decided which of the two women she was hardly had he started on one line of thought when she crossed in his vision in a new light and drew him after her her need that make any difference sang in his ear like another divot cast this time at religion itself and now he spoke aloud pointing his finger at the fur I said at the mud-house that I believed you because I knew you. To my shame be it said that I spoke falsely. How dared you bewitch me? In your presence I flung away the precious hours in frivolity. I even forgot the Sabbath. For this I have myself to blame. I am an unworthy preacher of the word. I sinned far more than you who have been brought up godlessly from your cradle. Nevertheless, whoever you are, I call upon you, before we part, never to meet again, to repent of your and then it was no mocker of the sabbath he was addressing but a woman with a child's face and there were tears in her eyes do you care she was saying and again he answered yes i care this girl's name was not woman but babby now gavin made an heroic attempt to look upon both these women at once yes i believe in you he said to them but henceforth you must send your money to nanny by another messenger you are a gypsy and i am a minister and that must part us i refuse to see you again i am not angry with you but as a minister it was not the disappearance of one of the women that clipped this argument short but it was babby singing 
it fell on a day on a bonny summer day when the corn grew green and yellow that there fell out a great dispute between argyle and arley the duke of montrose has written to argyle to come in the morning early and lead in his men by the back of dunkeld to plunder the bonny house o arley where are you cried gavin in bewilderment i am watching you from my window so high answered the egyptian and then the minister looking up saw her peering at him from a fir how did you get up there he asked in amazement on my broomstick babbie replied and sang on the lady looked o'er her window sae high and oh but she looked wary and there she espied the great argyle come to plunder the bonny house of Airly. what are you doing there gavin said wrathfully this is my home she answered i told you i lived in a tree come down at once ordered gavin to which the singer responded come down come down lady margaret he says come down and kiss me fairly or before the morning clear daylight i'll no leave a standing stain in airlet if you do not come down this instant gavin said in a rage and give me what i was so foolish as to come for i the egyptian broke in i wouldna kiss thee great argyle i wouldna kiss thee fairly i wouldna kiss thee great argyle gin you shouldna leave a standing stain in airlet you have deceived nanny gavin cried hotly and you have brought me here to deride me i will have no more to do with you he walked away quickly but she called after him i'm coming down i have the money and next moment a snowball hit his hat that is for being cross she explained appearing so unexpectedly at his elbow that he was taken aback i had to come close up to you before i flung it or it would have fallen over my shoulder why are you so nasty to-day and oh do you know you were speaking to yourself you are mistaken said gavin severely i was speaking to you you didn't see me till i began to sing did you nevertheless i was speaking to you or rather i was saying to myself what-what you had decided to say to me said the delighted gypsy do you prepare your talk like sermons i hope you have prepared something nice for me if it is very nice i may give you this bunch of holly she was dressed as he had seen her previously but for a cluster of holly berries at her breast i don't know that you will think it is nice the minister answered slowly but my duty if it is about duty entreated babbie don't say it don't and i will give you the berries she took the berries from her dress smiling triumphantly the while like one who had discovered a cure for duty and instead of pointing the finger of wrath at her gavin stood expectant but no he said remembering who he was and pushing the gift from him i will not be bribed i must tell you now said the egyptian sadly i see you are angry with me is it because i said i lived in a tree do forgive me for that dreadful lie she had gone on her knees before he could stop her and was gazing imploringly at him with her hands clasped you are mocking me again said gavin but i am not angry with you only you must understand she jumped up and put her fingers to her ears you see i can hear nothing she said listen while i tell you i don't hear a word why do you scold me when i have kept my promise if i dared to take my fingers from my ears i would give you the money for nanny and mr dishart i must be gone in five minutes in five minutes echoed gavin with such a dismal face that babbie heard the words with her eyes and dropped her hands why are you in such haste he asked taking the five pounds mechanically and forgetting all that he had meant to say because they require me at home she answered with a sly glance at her fur and remember when i run away you must not follow me i won't said gavin so promptly that she was piqued 
why not she asked but of course you only came here for the money well you have got it good-bye you know that was not what i meant said gavin stepping after her i have told you already that whatever other people say i trust you i believe in you babbie was that what you were saying to the tree asked the egyptian demurely then perhaps thinking it wisest not to press this point she continued irrelevantly it seems such a pity that you are a minister a pity to be a minister exclaimed gavin indignantly why why you why babby how have you been brought up in a curious way babby answered shortly but i can't tell you about that just now would you like to hear all about me suddenly she seemed to have become confidential do you really think me a gypsy she asked i have tried not to ask myself that question why because it seems like doubting your word i don't see how you can think of me at all without wondering who i am no and so i try not to think of you at all oh i don't know that you need to do that i have not quite succeeded the egyptian's pique had vanished but she may have thought that the conversation was becoming dangerous for she said abruptly well i sometimes think about you do you said gavin absurdly gratified what do you think about me i wonder answered the egyptian pleasantly which of us is the dollar gavin's fingers twitched with mortification and not only his fingers but his toes let us measure she said sweetly putting her back to his you are not stretching your neck are you but the minister broke away from her there is one subject he said with great dignity that i allow no one to speak of in my presence and that is my my height his face was as white as his cravat when the surprised egyptian next looked at him and he was panting like one who has run a mile she was ashamed of herself and said so it is a topic i would rather not speak about gavin answered dejectedly especially to you he meant that he would rather be a tall man in her company than in any other and possibly she knew this though all she answered was you wanted to know if i am really a gypsy well i am an ordinary gypsy do you think me ordinary i wish i knew what to think of you ah well that is my forbidden topic but we have a good many ideas in common after all have we not though you are only a minist i mean though i am only a gypsy there fell between them a silence that gave babby time to remember she must go i have already stayed too long she said give my love to nanny and say that i am coming to see her soon perhaps on monday i don't suppose you will be there on monday mr disher i-i cannot say no you will be too busy are you to take the hollyberries i had better not said gavin dolefully oh if you don't want them give them to me he said and as he took them his hand shook i know why you are looking so troubled said the egyptian archly you think i am to ask you the colour of my eyes and you have forgotten again he would have answered but she checked him make no pretence she said severely i know you think they are blue she came close to him until her face almost touched his look hard at them she said solemnly and after this you may remember that they are black 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 at each repetition of the word she shook her head in his face she was adorable gavin's arms but they met on nothing she had run away when the little minister had gone a man came from behind a tree and shook his fist in the direction taken by the gypsy it was rob dow black with passion it's the egyptian he cried you limmer what are you that i got hard on the minister he pursued her but she vanished as from gavin in windy ghoul a common egyptian he muttered when he had to give up the search 
but take care, you little devil, he called aloud. Take care. If I catch you playing prank with that man again, I'll wring your neck like a hen's. End of chapter 16 Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State